0: is kelly aka trixie from ragnarok and roll sign to ragnarok story and tilda wimblewick from DD journey of the fifth edition first off i would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures as well as for rating us on itunes and rpgpodcast.com if you haven't rated us yet we would greatly appreciate it if you could and if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts we are now on patreon a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts, as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com slash cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening. Hey guys, Jim here from Creative Flame Podcast Network. Just wanted to do a review for some of the old Palladium Rifts books. I was talking to some folks on the Savage Rifts Facebook page, and a lot of those folks that are new to Savage Riffs, which is the Rifts Palladium RPG, but for the new Savage rules that just recently came out on the Kickstarter. By the way, if you haven't looked at it, check it out. Kickstarter Savage Worlds Riffs. It's a great series. I'm really going to enjoy getting ready to run some games for some folks shortly. But let's get to Palladium Books Source Sourcebook 1. Originally, the first version of this was printed back in 93, I believe, uh, December of 1993. And then recently, about three or four years ago, they had a revised version came out that actually had updated information. The review I'm going to give is actually for the updated and revised new version. I have the original version that I bought when it first came off the printers. Which, by the way, both versions are good, but if you do get a chance, go to Palladium's website and pick up the new version as it's got a lot more new information in it. So for those that are new to Rifts, they've actually got a really good Q&A section about a bunch of questions that were mailed in way back in the day, as well as some really cool things talking about what it is in Northern America that you've got as a lot of locations. They give a good breakdown of most of the states and providences, adding to what was already in the original Rifts Facebook, which is now now referred to as the RUE. They give, you know, the breakdown of the coalition states, how many humans estimate are the total population of the coalition? Currently, as of, as of 102 PA, the humanities population in the coalition states was estimated at 14 million, which, if you figure all of humanity for the Midwest, that's not very many. The breakdown gives uh, Chicago and Illinois, which is Cheetown, 5.8 million. Then uh, it's got Missouri as having a total of 1 million. Lone Star, which is Texas, a population of about half a million. Then Ironheart, Canada which is 2.7 million population, and then Free Quebec, which is 4 million. And it goes on to give some really good breakdowns and maps showing what kind of wildlife you expect to see in North America, which, for those that are new to the Savage Savatrists, that might be a really helpful thing to check out because it'll give you an idea of what kind of, you know, random wildlife that you can bring into the game, such as, you know boar, bison, bear, beaver, the usual type of, of actual natural stuff that's not some kind of face-eating monster where to kill your players. And then it gives, you know, for, the, for those who don't know, the coalition states are basically after the apocalypse and the restructuring, are what's left of basically they consider themselves the inheritors of the American empire. Uh, unfortunately for those who know the coalition, they're basically Nazis who hate anything that's not human. So if you're an elf, they will pretty much drag you out in the street and shoot you on sight. So the Coalition, for the most part, are actually going to be used as villains in most stories. Now, over the years since I've been playing Rifts, I've actually ran groups of players as Coalition, and they've had a blast doing it as well as coalition soldiers who reconcile themselves to leave the empire or try to save the empire from itself. Because unfortunately the leadership of the coalition are pretty much Nazis. And there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. But one nice thing in Sourcebook 1 is they actually give you tips for playing the coalition as villains as well as playing coalition as good guys. Because, you know, remember, it's, it gives the average coalition citizen's point of view. Pretty much, they're just trying to get by. It's, it's not their fault that they've got folks like General Ross Underhill, who's a genius, but he, you know, when it comes down to it, his alignment is anarchist. You know, you've got a general in charge of the military who's re- pretty much a bad guy. And then, of course, Colonel Tiberius Leibov, who's actually miscreant. He's in charge of the, basically the CIA of the coalition. It's one of those of not sure how you want to have a guy who's in charge of your CIA who's diabolic. Just to give you an idea what they're like. As well as it breaks down typical coalition-sized squads and what kind of troop, troop deployment you, you can expect to see, which is really handy because in many adventures I've used the typical recon squads, which is two to four Samuses, two Sky Cycles, and two IRA Abolishers. Which, by the way, if you get this book, you actually get a really cool picture of what an Abolisher looks like. An Abolisher something that's really honestly meant to be seen. I mean, it's a massive 30-foot tall, 15-foot wide, 15-foot long robot suit that looks like basically a giant head with two legs and two arms that has a ring of giant cannons around it and has about five people piloting the thing. And It's just one of those massive things that if you were to see two or three of these striding down the way... You would want to make sure to leave your town, as well as it gives a breakdown of a lot of really cool power armor and robot suits. Mainly the Triax Industries. It's one of the first uh, introductions of Triax in the New Republic of Germany. Which, if you get further in the series, the NGR, which is the New German Republic, is actually a really, really cool group. I mean, granted, they're a bunch of German soldiers that are they're, they're xenophobic, so they're they're against anything but humans. But they're a lot more lenient than the Coalition. And they deal with basically hunting and killing gargoyles because they've pretty much taken over all of Europe. Then you've got other working robots, which, by the way, never dissuade the value of a light or heavy labor bot. Because Northern Gun labor bots can actually be programmed and used by operators pretty well if you have computer skills. To reprogram one of them and actually use it for a lot of different things. And then it's got a small equipment section, which could be bigger, but it's got some nice things like the Wilkes PC-2020 Field Identifier. Honestly, from a player's point of view, it's one of those things that you can use constantly in the game because it can identify lots of things. It's basically a knowledge skill in a box, and you, you can whip out this laptop and use it at any time you need. So it's one of those things, as a player, it's obviously something you definitely want to get. But the main heart, meat, and potatoes of this book that I love is in the Game Master section. If you're a player, please click it off now, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the, the time to start back up, but... Archie 3 is one of the coolest story elements of Rifts in the first dozen books because in the future Source book, source sourcebook for mechanoids, Archie's back again for another story. Archie 3 is actually a pre-apocalypse artificial intelligence that was, that was actually made in Maryland in the Aberdeen Proving Grounds, part of the military uh, facility. And this artificial intelligence, basically, it wants to save humanity. As you read through the stories, you find out this this artificial intelligence has been clawing and pitching its best to save humanity. You end up finding out in the expanded version, he, he, Archie 3 actually has a bunch of pre-apocalyptic Neiman soldiers in cryo that he's been saving and he wants to set them free once it's safe. Problem is, when the artificial intelligence is saying once it's safe, he's actually too scared to let them go because A... Some of them are already awake and want to wake all their brethren and he keeps saying no and he's been mili- quite militant about it with his robot army. So he's afraid if they wake up they're going to take him over. Two, he honestly realizes if he wakes them up between all the threatening things that are going on, the Spluworth coming from Atlantis, which by the way for over a couple hundred years he's been fighting, and they attribute Archie 3 as the reason why Atlantis has not taken over North America. Because he's been using his robot forces as well as clandestine robots that are actually made to look like native DBs and other creatures. And hell, even Rhino Buffalo. This giant this giant DB monster that basically can eat vehicles, which is really cool. And Archie's been actually protecting North America from this thing. Because if anything, he figures he should be the one that's ruled like a god. But... It also comes down to is he's got the same attitude that the coalition has and the Republicans, which is the group of ex neiman soldiers from before the apocalypse, that are now trying to recreate America in America. But unfortunately for the Republicans, they found out that the coalition has taken over. And though they are glad the coalition is trying to save humanity, because that's, you know, it's basically the empire of humanity, they don't like the fact that the coalition and what's left of America is ran by a bunch of Nazis. So the Republicans are secretly breaking into and infiltrating the coalition to try to basically change the government from within. Which, I've even had a few groups that have done that, that you're basically, it's the classic post-apocalyptic, you wake up in a cryopod, Archie's helping you out, he's providing you intelligence, he's, he's left brand new robots for you, and basically he wants you to go out and embrace the coalition and realize that things aren't as good as they should be. And between the Republicans and Archie, I've had adventures where I've had groups choose what side they want to be on. Whether it's the Coalition, whether it's the Republicans, whether it's working with Archie via his his underlings. And Archie, he's one of those great NPC characters that not only does the adventure included in the book have a way that the players can find Archie, confront Archie, blow up Archie, and realize at the very end you didn't get Archie. Because he actually is smart enough that through his underlings, he's set up facades where people can go blow up this giant brain in a machine room. And lo and behold, that's not Archie. Archie's a small box the size of a toaster. And it just goes to show how how genius archie is that he's he's his one his assistant hagen is this genius operator that basically wears this cybernetic helmet that lets the two of them mind bond so the two of them can actually exchange ideas at the speed of thought which is what originally archie was conceived with in the proving grounds the scientists would take turns putting on this helmet and actually interacting psychically with with the artificial intelligence now, unfortunately, the side effect of that was, you know, he basically became an artificial intelligence. And then over a couple hundred years of being left alone, he developed his own unique notions and things of what he thinks should be done. And one of the cool things with his, his partner with Hagen now is they've actually made CyberWorks, which is a uh, company that builds robots, guns, power armor suits... And they actually sell it for pretty much cost so that way humans and other freedom fighters can get this equipment to actually protect their communities they've even gone so far as they make reconnaissance drones that their job is to blend in act like people and get more intelligence and uh, one of the things that we did was they've got a small introductory adventure later on that actually talks about when you buy robots and power armor suits the gear actually has cameras in it so that way they can keep an eye on what's going on around the world using some of the few satellites that are still in in actual orbit that work. Because later on, when you get into Rift space, you find out that the communities out in orbit have actually worked really hard to ensure no one can actually get into space from the planet because they're they're scared shitless pretty much of some monster getting out of the planet and coming up into space. Which, if you look at Phase World later on in the future, that could so change how a GM would pretty much run Rift Space. But it's a really great idea of, if you've ever seen the TV show 100, the concept works perfectly for Rifts. That you could drop 100 survivors on the planet and have them, you know, take off and do their thing. One of the things I'm a huge fan with the book is just the the artwork for the different types of droids. Like the Bot Railer. It's this awesome looking, you know rival-looking ra- drone that Archie uses for you know when he scouts out. Or the Sumerian warrior women. Basically, they're, they're these badass Amazon women who ride these monstrous mounts and basically have a incredibly powerful railgun weapon, which I've had many player groups try to try just to get the, the weapon as their main the objective. And these warrior women are sp- thought to be these mysterious dvs that exist on the east coast and patrol up and down and basically they will interact with people so they can be used as story elements as well as just random encounters and if you're anything from atlantis any of the splugorth groups they will kill you on site if you're a slaver they will kill you on site blind warrior woman they will kill you on site but the the pretense is they're being used to actually protect the east coast and archie doesn't want people to know that it's his plan because Archie's realized over the centuries that if Atlantis finds out about him, they're going to focus and wipe him off the map. Just like in the original breakdown for the Republicans, the idea was that there were a bunch of people that he thought out, they started a community, and then the Republicans were wiped out by the Swoogorth. And Archie was so traumatized by the death of his people and in his basically collective that he disappeared for a while and was basically thinking of how he can fix things. Because Archie's problem is he really does want to fix things. Which means he's either gonna meddle and make a bunch of bad choices, or he's actually gonna do some good things and make things right. Plus, if you've played Riffs, you know The Broadkill. This was one of the first books where it had The Broadkill broken down and actually gives a really good background into just how bad and violent they are. And, of course, there's a really awesome picture of a bro kill ripping cybernetics out of a human, as they are wont to do. So, pretty much, folks, if uh, you're interested in getting Sourcebook 1, I'll include the links in the show notes, and as well as on the Creative Plan Podcast Network's blog. Definitely check out our Patreon site at patreon.com slash cppn. Help uh, see some of the new shows that we put on for patrons only, as well as some of the new stuff coming out. As well as we want you to interact. Even if you're not uh, an actual signed-up patron, you can get onto patreon.com and actually chat with us and do some you know polls and things like that. And I'll get back with you with the next Riffs book, which actually on our Patreon side I'm gonna be putting out a poll to see what book you guys would like me to review next. Either Riffs R U E, the Riffs Facebook, which will give lots of information into the actual United States. Basically we're talking about reading through the actual states of the United States and so that way you have a brief underlining of what the actual book covers. As well as how you can adapt old world stuff to new world stuff, which with the Savage rifts Kickstarter, they've been really good about sharing me the here's how you can convert it, because, you know, heck, the next favorite com- book I've got from R- Palladium Books is the conversion book for bringing stuff from their other RPGs into rifts, which pretty much that's the beauty of rifts, is if you can imagine it, you can bring it back into this world and have fun with it. And also, if you get a chance, check out Chaos Earth. It's actually a prequel to rifts that was written that basically covers the when the apocalypse first happens. And the North American Military Alliance, basically what in the future ends up becoming the Republicans. So in theory, like I've done with some of my friends, we've actually had a game where we played in Chaos Earth, apocalypse happens, they get put in the freezer, and then they wake up 300, 400 years later in actual rifts, and basically wake up in their bunker, get in their equipment, and jump in and find out, oh my god, the world's completely changed the apocalypse, bad things, and they ended up basically infiltrating the coalition and hacking into their system because, hey, the coalition's equipment is basically North American Military Alliance's updated stuff. So guys, let me know on Patreon or in the show notes or on the blog what you guys think of this, and I'll go ahead and uh, maybe I can do a revised version with some more information, give you a little extra details, as well as there's going to be a blog entry for this episode as well that's got more details as well, a little broken down outline I got.
1: Here in the force of Alanderl, we elves defend the woods from beasts and men. I myself have helped drive off goblin raiders, slain a giant spider, and composed an elven symphony for the Blood Moon Harvest Festival, and that was before lunch. So when I'm not sliding down the trunk of a barbarian elephant beast after killing it and its occupants with only my dagger and a few arrows, I look forward to coming home to a dungeon crate. Dungeon Crate is a monthly subscription box service crafted specifically for RPG and tabletop gamers. Miniatures, dice, tokens, coins, maps, modules, terrain pieces, handmade items, RPG jewelry, and more are yours for only a few gold per month. You even get a digital crate along with a physical one as an added bonus. As an elf, I appreciate quality craftsmanship, and Dungeon Crate delivers, even if it's put together by humans. Sir, centuries have discovered several dwarves and a wizard trespassing in our woods. I was wondering what that smell was DungeonCrate.com Are you ready? Let the adventure begin